In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, every good and every perfect gift is from above. We're called to remember that God is the source of these good gifts. We're called to call them good. And I'm a pessimist, so that's hard. I get told, count your blessings, look on the bright side, all that good stuff. And I know that I do have plenty of good things to be thankful for. But the list of things I'm actually willing to call perfect, I don't know. Maybe it's that pessimism that's been ingrained in me for the last 36 years. Maybe my standards are just a little bit too high. It's whatever at this point. But still, it seems like most of what we do in this life is just try to make the best of the situation. But that, that doesn't make it perfect. Maybe good. Maybe glass is half full. But not perfect. And you can spend your whole life looking for that. And never once find it miss every last thing that you had in the meanwhile. If you spend your whole life looking for perfect and never once find it, you will end up disappointed, alone, lost. And the longer I go looking for something perfect, the more I am convinced that it just doesn't actually exist. And it leaves us with these questions that we are half too afraid to actually give voice to. Like, I mean, is everybody else really that much happier than I am? Or are they faking it too? And if we're all faking it together, where are all these perfect gifts from heaven? I'm not against optimism. I really wish I had more of it. I'm not against counting your blessings. That's good. But I am against faking it if you don't actually feel it, because it sort of leaves us at the end of the day saying thank you to God, sort of like for a Christmas present you didn't actually want where at best it feels phony and religion becomes something that we do for somebody else because it's a nicety. And at worst, it leaves us with a sour taste in our mouth that leaves us wanting to cast aside anything to do with God at all. Because if we're supposed to give thanks for God while we lie in the pit and we have nothing that we feel all that thankful for, but the whole religion is just faking a smile, even though you actually believe God knows your thoughts, but you can't actually say them out loud because that would be rude, there's a kind of dishonesty that doesn't exactly tend itself toward trust. See what I mean? The more we go looking for perfect and come up empty, the more that shadow of doubt grows. It grows when we paint pictures of perfect families and then pull our hair out with the ones we've been given. It grows when we imagine perfect futures that look absolutely nothing like what we've managed to achieve so far. It grows when we look at each other and we covet what seems to come so easily and naturally. It grows when we look at ourselves and find nothing but flaws, shortcomings, sin. It grows when all of the things that I would call good because they feel good, and my heart wants what it wants, are called evil by God. And maybe it's just as simple as, if there really is an all-powerful creator of the universe, I guess he gets to make the rules and we should deal with it. But maybe the reason that God calls all these things that I like doing so much evil in the first place is because they never really work out in real life half as well as they do in my imagination. Or maybe because when they work out great for me, they hurt other people. But still... What I imagine is perfect is always perfect for me, even if it does never really take into account what it would cost other people. We can go around and around, but none of it seems like much of a comfort. 
just a reminder that the idea of perfect seems like it's a lot more common than the actual thing. And that shadow darkens how we see everything else, how we see each other, how we see our own lives, and how we would dare to hope for the future. And then the devil and the world and my own sinful flesh, they take these shadows and they play tricks with them. We get tricked into calling evil good and good evil. Not just that we enjoy the things that God calls wrong, but that we've actually, some of us, convinced ourselves that if we just manage to think positively enough, things won't actually be that bad. And as perfect as everyone else's lives seem, we could have that if only we do something, find something that's missing. It leaves us with a carrot dangling in front of us that we can never quite reach in calling it religion. And if you were that desperate for the things that are called perfect and coming up empty, if you have given up looking for them altogether, if you think that it's actually naive to even hope for them anymore and the idea of the perfect seems like more of a concept than a real thing, then recognize that when the church would talk about sin, it isn't just to work some kind of perpetual guilt, but it's to acknowledge exactly what you see. This world has been corrupted. It has been busted. It is not working the way it's supposed to. You see, God actually agrees. It's dark down here. That doesn't mean you can't find the good, but it means you're allowed to call the bad bad. Because the good gifts, they don't come from your heart. The good gifts don't even come from anything else in this world corrupted by sin. The good and the perfect gifts come from above. So this is not about changing your perception about the world. This is about looking beyond it. And that's an important thing to remember when you realize that you can't actually look on the bright side your way out of debt, let alone into heaven. The good and perfect gifts don't have to come from down here, though because God pours them down on us from above. Because as busted as this place is, as awful as we treat each other and ourselves, as sinful as we are, God still loves us. He still loves you. He still loves me. And he sends into this world, busted, corrupted, broken by sin, a good and perfect gift. He sends perfection into the world, into the person of his Son. He sends in God Almighty, born of a virgin, free from the curse of sin, that he would be our curse for us, that he would be hanged upon the tree, that he would be the light that shines in darkness that darkness cannot overcome, that we might have a bit of hope in this world that is not built on what we can carve out of it. For the Father of lights shines true, shines constant, and he is found in the word of truth revealed to men. Your God loves you and has not abandoned you. Your God loves you enough to die for you on that cross. Your God loves you enough to send down perfection so that this would not be about your perception. This would be about his truth. This would be about his life. The Father of light sends down a promise that your sins are forgiven you because Jesus died for them. And this peace, this light, this hope, it is not found in a call to just follow your heart, but to hear the word, the truth, the life. The Jesus who bears the cross for sinners like me and like you. The good and perfect gift sent down from heaven is the Christ, sent by the Father to save sinners. And it is finished. He said so himself. He has conquered death, for he has even risen from the dead. And this is something that worked perfection, even out of our sinful creation, even into our sinful flesh. Because here's the thing. How can you call it perfect unless you're also willing to call it finished? It is finished, and that means that it's also unbreakable. This promise that your God makes to you is perfect. 
it is finished. It is unbreakable. It lacks nothing. It is done and it is yours. Your sins are forgiven you. And just as Christ rose from the dead, you will rise as well. You can no more be destroyed than God can be made a liar. And the light would not even just reveal these gifts, but deliver them to you. Hear the promise that our Lord would make you. You are perfect, not in a measure of what's wrong, but in a measure of what's right. Perfection isn't keeping lists of everything that you would erase, everything that's wrong. Perfection is something so good and pure that it can endure all of those things. So to find yourself given perfect gifts isn't to be better than the rest of other creatures, isn't to have everything that you covet. It's to be given the gift of Jesus who conquers fear, conquers sin, and even conquers death. Receive then with meekness this word of God made flesh for you. And no, you don't have to be better than anyone else for knowing how to be gracious. You just get to number yourself among the washed, the redeemed, the holy ones, made perfect in the blood of the Lamb, because he is the source of good. And this love is something that can even deal with sinners. It dealt with me. It deals with you. So hear first and speak later. Set aside wrath because God did it first. Find that wrath exactly where he puts it, on that cross where your sins are died for, where my sins are died for, and even where your enemies are paid for too. Because being slow to anger is not just being nice. It's hearing that God has put anger away first. Find your neighbor's sins along with yours on the same cross where the good and perfect gifts were delivered to men. And then find it in your neighbor to see them worthy of love, not because they meet your standards or anyone else's, but because they are called worthy by the God who would wash them in the blood of the Lamb, who would pay for them in holy and precious blood. There is unity in this. It is a good and perfect gift because it is already finished and it is unbreakable. It is perfect enough to endure and it is yours. In the name of Jesus, amen.